Welcome to the Small Business Surgeon Podcast, the show where we dissect the businesses of top producers, examine their growth strategies, and share with you the bare bones of their success. I am your host, Samuel Smith, and I'm glad you're here. Let's operate. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to this week's episode of the Small Business Surgeon Podcast. Guys, I'm your host, Samuel Smith, and today's guest is a podcast host himself. He is the host of the Next Level University podcast. He is also a business coach. Please welcome to the show, Kevin Paul Mary. Kevin, welcome. Samuel, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to chat and see where we end up today. Dude, you're welcome. So, for the listeners that are just now hearing your name for the first time, uh, give us a real quick introduction to yourself, a thousand foot overview of who it is that you are and what it is that you do. Yeah, I am Kevin Palmieri. I am the co-host, co-founder, and CFO of Next Level University. We are a global top 100 podcast. We just crossed episode number 1070 we recorded today. Uh, 600,000 listens and listeners in 125 plus countries. So I do seven episodes a week of that show. And that is like my main baby is podcasting. And then I also, it keeps me more than busy, (laughs) Samuel, but in the, in the best way. And then I also work with other podcasters and other business, uh, business owners to help them with their podcasts as well. So that is our goal, uh, putting self-improvement in the pocket of every planet, uh, every person on the planet every day for free. That is really what we're playing for at the end of the day. Dude, that's a hell of a goal. I see the uh, the next level university stuff. Um, drop a website for us real quick so I can put it in the show notes. What's your yeah. uh, website for us to go check that D- out? Yeah, nextleveluniverse.com. That is our website. Oh, nice. So um, judging by my quick math, that podcast has been going on for about three years now, right? Five years. Five, Five years. years. Okay, so all right. I was just adding up days. So what was it that got you into podcasting in the first place? I, uh, somebody, so it's, it's interesting. I went to middle school and high school with my business partner and we were really good friends in middle school and we did not like each other in high school. And (laughs) I ended up, I ended up running into him at a party when we were in our mid twenties and we kind of reconnected and he's like, yeah, I have a podcast. I'd like to have you on. We can talk about fitness and we'll just talk about mindset and fitness. And I said, all right, I don't know what we're going to do. And it's probably going to suck, but whatever, I'll come on. And it kept getting postponed and postponed and postponed. And eventually him and I sat down, we recorded this episode. And after the episode, it went by so fast. It was like an hour and a half and it felt like five minutes. Right. And right. I said, imagine if you could do that for a living. Like imagine if that was your job. And I had another friend there and he said, well, I mean, there's people who do it. And I Googled everything I need. I had a mixer, I had a microphone, I had my artwork in the next week or so. And that was it for me. It's I wanted to talk to people about deep stuff because it wasn't really common. It wasn't as common as it, it is today. So I just wanted to have deep conversations with deep humans. And that's really, that's really where it started for me. Damn. That's, uh, that's quite the, quite the leap coming in there. What, what would you say your favorite memory has been from putting like five years of shows together? <laughs> Come on. There must be some standout moments. I'm just like, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'm yeah, super, I- I'm super impressed. I appreciate that. I appreciate that very much. A lot of it is like the experience. I mean, we uh, we've done interviews in people's mansions where we like we literally packed all of our equipment into a suitcase. We checked the bag and we flew out to California and we interviewed some very successful people. We interviewed David Meltzer at his studio in California. We interviewed the producer of The Biggest Loser in his mansion in California. Like 
that kind of stuff really sticks out for me because I never saw it happening. I never expected getting invited to somebody's mansion to interview them in their movie theater. Like that wasn't a thing for me. That's not supposed to happen to somebody like me. Well, why so not? The, <laughs> that, that was my identity at least. So those are the things that really, that really stick out for me. And then I would say just being at the point now where I'm a professional podcaster who that like, this is my job. Like, that's weird for me to say that I, this is my job. I podcast for a living. It's, it's weird. It's in the best way, but it's strange to say. Well, I mean, not to me, because it's, it's almost my job, too. Well, I, I mean, like that. Yeah, what, what I do wraps up and wraps up around in consulting. And it is weird. Um, I've never flown to Hollywood and interviewed people, but I've interviewed some pretty pretty crazy uh, celebrities from within my industry, from within mm. the entrepreneur space. And uh, you, you just don't realize how much of an impact consistently podcasting can have on your career so uh to those guys that listen to me because i know there's a few of you that have your own shows uh keep going because kevin is a testament to what a little bit of consistency over a long period of time can do well done 100 i appreciate it thank you very much what would you say your biggest obstacle was to getting started out in the podcasting world had you come from an entrepreneur kind of background so you knew what you were doing or was this just a complete shot in the dark yeah no the the biggest struggle was being a failure early on that was definitely the biggest <laughs> struggle for me i i did not come from an entrepreneurial background i worked at a gas station i worked at a hospital cleaning bathrooms and floors i was a personal trainer i was like job but, hopping and job hopping even that so that's not that's not really failing. That's just that's just learning as you go. Oh no, I mean like that. That's the the good part. Oh, okay. When I, Sorry. <laughs> yeah, when I got into being an entrepreneur, it was I lived off a credit card for the first two and a half three years. I was thirty five thousand dollars in debt. What couldn't was your, pay rent. What was your first business? This was it. Oh, okay. Pod- okay. Yeah, right. the podcast was in the beginning. It was very much. It's very hard to have a successful podcast until you have a certain amount of content, until you have like a certain level of community. So the first two years, two and a half years for us was very much working on our characters and then working on the infrastructure behind the scenes. So I was very broke. I didn't make any money for a couple of years. That was the hardest part for me is, you know, I didn't realize how much I was going to have to sacrifice in order to keep this afloat. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. I mean, you see on Instagram, like being an entrepreneur looks really cool. And it's, it's way more challenging than I ever really expected. So I would say the finance part particularly was challenging for me. Would you say that you vastly underestimated the, uh, the startup expenses? Yeah. Or, or would it be more the amount of time it took to get the return on investment? Mostly that because we're very, I mean, we never had a brick and mortar and our expenses are pretty low, all things considered. So it was right. very much, I didn't know how hard it was going to be to make money. I thought it was going to be, I thought it was just going to kind of happen. And sorry, but you're no, right no, because I, I feel your pain. Like I, yeah. I feel that pain. You're like, Oh, we'll start a podcast and, and six months later we'll be millionaires. It'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- but part, I think transparently part of me, I didn't start it for the money. And I think in a way, yes, it's good for the long term, but in the short term, we're focused on impact. It's almost like we're probably just leaving money on the table without oh, knowing no it because we're not, we're not focused yeah. on it. So Yeah. That's, I mean, I started this one after hearing so many entrepreneurs talking about being in pain. And, yeah. you know, that's where the, the idea of the surgeon came from. Yeah. Um, but, like, that, you just don't realize when you look at Instagram and you look at everything that's, you know, they're portraying to be real, how that's just like the very, very icing on the cake. They, they, yeah. you, you can't win a championship with a clean jersey. 
Yeah. And uh, a lot of guys starting out don't don't feel that. I think it's it's interesting because if you've ever been in an industry, I think it's the same. Right? I was in the fitness industry. I was a bodybuilder for a while, and I was in really good shape. But I don't look anything like the people on Instagram. I didn't look anything like them. They are a different league, and many of them are cheating and not talking about it. Even if you think of real estate, I'm sure there's people who look way more successful online than they actually are. Oh, yeah, I just no think, yeah. right? I just think when you're encapsulated in the industry, you can actually see the BS. I think that's kind of how it, your awareness gets raised and you can say like, wait, that's not actually how it works, right? <laughs> that's not how it works. No, you're right. And then I, I don't know that I struggle to call people out. I just move right along. Same. I don't think that's any of my business. Yeah, same, um, but same. It, it is interesting when you you kind you can watch them crash from a distance, and you just kind of yeah. kind of got to keep quiet. Um, so you had talked about Next Level University and how that's come about. Lean into that for a minute with me, and and talk about your mission uh, in mm. life that you that you're trying to give back to that you're uh, that you're heading out on right now. Yeah, our our mission is to bring holistic self improvement to the masses. There's there's a lot of people out there that can teach you sales. And there's a lot of people out there that can teach you about relationships or about um, health, but there isn't always a place to go where you can get all of it. And one of the things we've realized is a lot of people are teaching from a place of ego, not a place of service. They're, they're teaching because they want to sound good because of what they know, where we've attracted an audience primarily of women and humans who identify as women because we're vulnerable and we're just trying to be real. I want to share my losses as much as my wins. So it really is a heart-driven but no BS approach to holistic self-improvement. And our goal is to have this the biggest self-improvement podcast ever. That's really the, the ultimate goal long-term. That's a, that's a heck of a goal. Yeah. You know, um, what kind of common problems do you help address right mm -hmm. off the bat with some, uh, some holistic stuff is there anything that you can give the listeners that they can go away and try and maybe uh, make some improvements one of the biggest things that we have seen in, in our community more than anything is low self-worth i believe that i don't think let me put it this way i don't know if anybody has accurate self-worth of where it actually should be i think people either undershoot or overshoot so there's a lot of people who are probably like entitled when they're actually not worthy of whatever they're getting. And there's people under that who don't accept anything because they don't think they're worthy of anything. So that would be my thing is check into where your actual level of self-worth is. That's one huge thing. Imposter syndrome is another big one. And that's a buzzword, a sexy word going on right now. I believe you should feel like an imposter at the beginning because you haven't proved to yourself or anybody else yet. I think it's normal. I think it's empowering to realize as a newbie, you kind of are um, pretending in a little bit of a way, right? Right. It, you don't have it all figured out. And that's, I think that's an empowering thing, especially in the beginning. And then another thing we talk about often is relationships. People, I was on a podcast recently and it was all about Six Sigma and just constant never ending improvement. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about that from a relationship standpoint and how if you can improve a business, through measurements, through KPIs, through consistent habits. You can do the mm -hmm. same thing in a relationship, but relationships fail at a higher rate than businesses. So it's like, why does that happen? Well, I have no idea. What, what kind of KPIs would you track inside of a relationship? I mean, that, 
Yeah, the, it, I, I'm, it depends, I'm intrigued right? as to how this works because I'm I'm a I, I'm guessing I'm about ten, maybe twelve years older than you. I'm not sure, but I, I feel like um, I feel like there might be a generational gap that you can hit on explaining here for how this works. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, are you in a relationship? Yeah. Do you know your partner's main love languages? <laughs> I'd probably get in a lot of trouble for saying them out loud. <laughs> okay, well, you don't have to say them out loud, so that's fair. Uh, one KPI would be the number of times a week that you're engaging in your person's love language. That's a simple one. Okay. It's some, something like simple like that. The number, for me, my, my wife loves fun, unique experiences. You could leave me in this office every day for the rest of my life. I'd be totally fine with it, but she values fun, unique experiences. So something we would measure is number of fun, unique experiences this month. Something okay. like that. Okay. Another, go ahead. Oh, I'm just saying, so you're doing it intentionally. You're, you're essentially yeah. living with intent within your relationship. Yep. Yeah, that... it's reverse engineering an outcome that you're looking for long-term, really. Well, the, the way I do it is, you know, or, or the way I've been taught to do it, <laughs> not the way I've always done it, because, you know, I've, <laughs> I've been uh, I've been pretty terrible at relationships in the past. I've got a, a litany of failed ones. Um, but as soon as I've learned um, a little bit, what I do now is think, well, what would my partner's ideal day be like? Mm. And then work backwards from there, you know? Yeah, that's a wonderful way to look at it. That's a wonderful way, but that also requires a level of intention and practice that I'm sure you've been putting in for however long that I think people lose sight of that. I don't know. I just, I, I don't feel like starting over all over again. So if I mess this one up, <laughs> I think this is going to be it. <laughs> understandable. Understandable. But there's also, there's also humility in that Samuel where like you're at least a percentage of every failed relationship you ever had. Like that was a realization for me at one point where it's like, can I just keep saying everybody else is crazy? Or no. at some point, I have to take responsibility for the failures that I've had in my life. And that was a that was a turning point for sure. Oh, yeah, dude, I had to take full responsibility. I mean, you know, my story revolves around being an obese alcoholic who was making mm -hmm. as much money as he could spend. And it, it didn't make me into a good person. And when the failure came, it was the failure and the lessons that were stuck within that failure that I had to go through to get to this side of it is what made me a better person. So it really was necessary for me to, to fail. Um, it, I'd probably be dead from, uh, from a heart attack due to alcohol or fried food at this point. Mm. You know, and now I'm in the, the best shape of my life. It's, uh, it, it all came from, from falling down. And mm. sometimes you've got to see that that's probably the best thing that can happen to an entrepreneur. You know, when you're in your 20s and your early 30s and you've got all that ego and it's working for you, and then uh, you, you will trip up, man. <laughs> yeah, it's par, it's par for the course. The higher you are, the higher you can fall. And I, I just oh, think yeah. it's always it's always peaks and valleys. The higher you are, the lower the 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 valley. That that's what uh, that's what they don't see. And you know that's what we I I would try desperately to hide. And then one day it just didn't matter anymore. It's like you know what? Just tell the truth. Mm. Just let it go because you can't get that time back. And a lot of entrepreneurs don't want to tell the truth. You'll yeah. go to. Uh, you go to a chamber of commerce meeting and half of the damn vehicles in the parking lot are leased and the guys are behind on their credit card payments. Yep. You know, as, as an entrepreneur, all it takes is one or two clients to pay late and boom, you're late on your rent. You know, yep. there's, uh, there's a lot of stuff that, that I don't think they get, uh, I don't think the public gives them enough credit for. Um, mm, it's a lot harder to put a business together than people think. I agree. And I think people assume that if you have a, if you're a business owner, if you're an entrepreneur, that you're, 
either a super confident or b you have it all figured out and i think (laughs) i think when when you get that admiration you don't want to lose that so it's almost like you assume if that the wheels are going to fall off more if people find out the truth i think that's when when you lie once you got to keep lying and that's just a dangerous place to live oh absolutely yeah but you go uh you go a lot further on the truth it just takes it it takes a lot longer to get there that's the problem that's why a lot of people try and cheat but it's it's not sustainable the other way. Mm-mm. And again, it takes you to fail to find that, I think. But I, I know like we were talking about this a long time ago. Alan, my business partner and I, we were talking in the studio and I said, my goal is to be a better man than you. It wasn't, it's not to be richer than you or to be in better shape than you. My goal is to be the best man I can be. And I think I can be a better man. And mm-hmm. we've just tried to remain as integrous as humanly possible through character which to your point has taken longer because we're not taking sh- you know certain shortcuts that we could but right. i can put my head down at the pillow at, at the end of the night and say you know what you did the right thing today and i think that's invaluable oh absolutely absolutely so what now kevin does your world start to look like moving forward because you got one of the biggest podcasts in the world um if you were to write a book what would you teach in your book Oh man, <laughs> I, I would probably teach that self-belief and confidence is such an internal game that even though I'm quote unquote successful and all that, I still have so many days where I doubt my capabilities. So well, that's probably what I would teach. How, how do you get around that though? Because every entrepreneur I know doubts their capabilities because they see themselves through their own eyes and not mm. necessarily through the eyes of their audience. So what are some yeah. things you do to, to overcome that and keep moving forward? One of my favorite things to do in the world, and this is challenging for people who aren't podcasters or speakers, but I reflect. I'll go back when I'm having a very emotionally high day or an emotionally low day, and I'll go look at episode number one and see how far we've come. <laughs> and it's brutal. Like it's brutal looking back because it mm. was terrible, mm-hmm. but that's good. I had a moment recently, Samuel, and this really, it shifted something for me. I looked back during a day and I saw our old podcast and I was like, wow, we have come so far. And I saw a picture of me in fitness and I was like, oh my goodness, I've gotten worse. I've actually gotten worse over the last three years. And that inspired me to make a change. So I think reflecting, if you feel good about something, you've probably made a lot of progress. If you don't feel good, maybe you've taken your foot off the gas a little bit and it's time to re-put your foot on the gas when it comes to that. But reflection has been something very important for me because it's actually visual representation of how far you've come. And then I think you have to ask yourself simple questions of what is something I do every day that at one point seemed impossible. I remember going on my first podcast as a guest and I didn't know what I was doing and I didn't know if it was going to work out. I didn't know why they were having me on. And now that's something I do 20 times a week. So it's like, looking back that at one point seemed impossible but i think we just lose sight of that stuff right right now i i get that you know it's it's very scary the first time you get on camera you say mm. hey guys what's up and you're like wow is anybody gonna listen <laughs> i mean f- for me it was like yelling into a canyon full of fog for at least nine months before i got yeah. any feedback at all on the show you know yeah so would you say it took you about two and a half years to get traction with an audience yeah. Yeah. I would say it's really, we're at the point now where we get more, we've gotten more listens in a day than we did in the first year. So now it's really oh, starting wow. to compound, yeah. Mm-hmm. but yeah, the first like two and a two years, it was very minimal. What I'll say though, is this, 
we are so audience focused. So one of our business models, our mottos, I guess, is scale the unscalable. So if you send me a message on Instagram, I will send you a video. It's not, it's not a copy paste. It's, hey, Samuel, thanks so much for reaching out, blah, blah, blah. I believe the importance of one new listener is just immeasurable. It's just immeasurable. And I think, especially when you have a thousand episodes, right, right? one right. new listener is a thousand possible listens. And that really adds up. So we have really leaned into building the community as much as humanly possible. And I do believe that's one of the reasons why we're quote unquote successful. I think that's why. Right, right. I, I like that. That's a really good idea. It's just acquiring your listeners one at a time. Yeah. What's your What's your best story that's come from a listener? Have you had any feedback that's really made you smile? Oh, yeah. Um, we had we had a listener who reached out to me on Snapchat. And she said, Kev, I love the podcast, huge fan. I'd love a little bit of advice. I have a huge fear of approaching strangers in public. And mm. I was like, I think everybody does. That's totally normal. I said, well, this is what we should do. She, she was local to me. I said, let's meet at the mall. And you and I will go fear chasing and we will approach strangers at the mall. And she's like, uh, I don't want to do that. And I said, well, me neither. But this is something <laughs> that I think would be would be great for your growth. Right. And I met her at the mall. First time I ever met this human being, gave her a hug. I said, let's go do it. We got Starbucks. We got coffee. And we went into one of the stores and we asked about some beanbag chairs. And we went to another store and asked about some tables. And then she was approaching people at the food court and we were getting ready to leave. And for some reason, this mall had these mechanical zoo animals with wheels you could ride around. Okay. Don't know why, but it's an interesting business. But we were getting ready to walk out. And she said, well, if we were really brave, we would do that. We would rent those things and walk around, uh, drive around on them. So I, I had a lion. She had a giraffe. And I recorded a video of us driving around the mall with somebody who did not think they could talk to strangers because they were so afraid. So fast forward, she ended up going back to school. And she got a 3.8 GPA, uh, graduated, went on to get her dream job in physical therapy, and now is on our team. She actually is on our team now. So she started as a listener, and she now works uh, with us. What yeah. an amazing story, man. Yeah. Yeah. So what's it been like going from a, a solo podcaster packing his stuff up in a suitcase and going interviewing people to now owning and managing a, a podcast team because you do you do podcast work for other people right as well is that, is that correct yep. yeah yep. Tell, tell me a little bit about that and how you've managed to build that business up yeah it's been uh it's been interesting because again i never i never planned on being the level of entrepreneur that i am where i'm on business meetings all like that was never anything i right, i right. planned for so for me transparently samuel it's very weird it's it's very foreign <laughs> that i'm on business meetings and people are at like we're measuring progress and kpis and percentages and money and margins that's all very very strange for me um i'll, I'll just say this i do more free calls than most human beings do that's how we've built our business right if right. somebody wants to do a free call about podcasting i don't care if you don't have a podcast i don't care if you're a thousand episodes in my goal is to add value because I believe the person who adds the most value will get reached out to in the future. Oh, absolutely. And, yeah. Yeah. That that's how right now we I think we have 20 clients who we produce their shows completely. And then Alan has 35 clients he coaches in business. And then we have like a social media department, website department. But it really 
it is the power of the community. We've done it. I was telling somebody this earlier where we have 600,000 listens, but we're on pace to make uh, 350 to $400,000 this year. Mm-hmm. That, that ratio doesn't really happen because most people don't nurture their community well, especially when you're up in the millions of downloads. It's very hard. But yeah, we true, have yeah. the, right? But now, since we've been doing it since the beginning, not only do we have the habits, but we have the systems to do it. And that's where we're able to actually make sure we're adding value at each level. And there's always somewhere for somebody to go if they want more value. That's the ultimate name of the game for us is the podcast is the top, but in a way it's also the least valuable. It's valuable, but the level of value is directly connected to the level of specificity usually. And if you want more specificity, that's a group coaching or a one-on-one coaching. So that's really how we've we've set it up. No matter where you are financially or self-improvement set point-wise, there is somewhere for you in our business, and that's our ultimate plan, yeah. Yeah, dude, that makes a hell of a lot of sense. Thank you. It, it really does. You could probably impact quite a lot of people doing it that way. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, wow. What was the most surprising part of scaling your team to that level? Oh, man. Because um, <laughs> you must, you, you rattled off a whole list of departments. So you, Yeah, the, we have... The, 16 16 person team right now um i would say i didn't expect or predict how difficult the personal side of the team would be Mm, where yeah i think we forget as human beings that like everybody else has a life outside of work (laughs) and we're we're not of the mind of like i don't necessarily want you to leave your stuff at home I want, I want to talk about it because we're coaches. Like I believe I can help you get right. through whatever you're getting through. So I didn't realize how heavy that can be at times when people are going through their own stuff and I'm going through my own stuff, but I'm expected to, to be the leader, the strong leader that gets hard at times for sure. I've yeah. There's been a couple of moments where I've been, I've been lost for words at trying to uh, empathize with employees and, and help them out. So mm. part of, part of my studies are, are trying to learn to get better at that because yeah. you know, there's, there's nothing more of a useless feeling than, than just tapping a girl on the shoulder and saying well well they're there you know there's, there's, yeah. there's not a lot you can do as a boss but you yeah. do feel quite responsible for the well-being of your uh, of your guys you know for sure for sure 100 so. percent. it's heavy that that's another part that people don't talk about is like you know at the end of the day the the i didn't realize the level of pressure i'll oh, say God, that yeah yeah yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't expect that. It, it doesn't, there are no weekends. There are no nights off. It's like, it's always something. There's always something going on in my head. So that that was interesting for me, for sure. <laughs> well, so how do you shut that off? Or, or you don't, maybe. You just you just let it go. Because I keep a notepad by the bed. Mm-hmm. I, and sometimes if, if, if I can't sleep like that, I just start writing stuff down. Yeah, yeah. So. I it, it probably doesn't turn off. It's, I have a business partner, so it makes things a little bit easier. And he's more of a visionary than I am. Mm-hmm. So like, that's his, I don't want to say burden, but like, that's his genius zone. His genius zone is picturing what's going to happen in the next five years. That's his goal. So for me, I just bounce ideas off of him. And I don't know. I think when the night's over and I'm watching TV or something, I try my best to turn it off because I realize if I'm burnt out, I'm not going to be able to perform the next day. Yeah. So I, it's not just about the thought. It's about how much, how much energy am I spending on this if I'm not going to do anything about it right now? No, I get that. So, did, I don't. I'm guessing you didn't learn this stuff in school. You mm-hmm. learned it 
you know, as you were significantly older. Um, how has your life turned out different than you'd imagined as a school kid? <laughs> uh, this is a, I guess it's a sad joke, but it's, it is the way I was thinking when I was younger. In my friend group, I was the one who was supposed to go to jail. I was the one Oof. who was supposed to be in trouble. That I grew up in a single parent household. I was raised by my mom and my grandmother, and I didn't meet my dad until I was 27. Oh wow! So I didn't know my dad. Most of my family has been to to jail at some point in their life, oh, and yeah, that was that was kind of what I predicted my life was going to be like. And again, it's it's weird. I'm I always have felt like the underdog. I still feel like the underdog, which I think is a good thing as long as I can. I can use that and it's not using me, but I didn't expect any of this, Samuel. I, I expected to be miserable and lonely and not where I am today. Well, shit, I'm, I'm glad you're not miserable and lonely. That would suck. Oh, I appreciate it. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you. Man. All right. What's the best piece of advice that you can give to podcasters? What is somebody uh, in the industry? What, what is some mistake that everybody in the industry makes when they're starting out? Uh, missing episodes. Don't miss. Don't, oh, I mean, yeah. You can't miss. This is my this is my best advice. Treat your podcast like a business. If somebody comes to eat at your restaurant and you're not open, you may lose them forever. Podcast is the same way. If somebody comes and says, I need a new episode today, like I'm ready, and you don't have a new episode, they're going to listen to another podcast and they may never give you another chance. That would be one. And then the second one would be stop. Understand that one person is so much. It's not just that little one under listen. It might not seem like a lot, but 25 people listening to your podcast, that's a classroom full of people. When's the last time you gave a speech in front of 25 people? That helps me, right? That helps me understand that like impact is, it's way bigger than you think. 25 people is a lot of people in the grand scheme of things. It is, yeah, yeah. The, the way it was always phrased to me was if, uh, if 25 people died in a bus wreck, would that be a lot of people or mm. not a lot of people? I'm like, damn, that, that, that is a lot of people. That is a lot of people. You know, because uh, some days I get under 100 downloads in a day and it frustrates me. I'm like, wait a minute, 100 is still a lot. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's a yeah. lot of people. You would have killed for that in the beginning. Oh, God, yeah. I think I did maybe 300 in my first month. Mm. You know, and now that's a now that's a bad day. I, I right. know I'm a, a long way behind you guys, but still. No, I yeah, but it's we all start at the same spot, and that's that's the other thing too is like don't don't compare your today to somebody else's five year from today. That's a that's a struggle bus moment for sure. Oh god, yeah, yeah. That's uh, but it's so easy to do, um, especially when you're surrounded in like you you've got a marketplace with guys like me in it, and then you've got to jump up to guys like you, and then there's another jump up and. You look at it starting out, you're like, man, that's a really big hell I got to climb. Yeah. But uh, I mean, I've done it in two and a half years, and you've done it in five, and look where you are. So I mean, yeah. I know I know what I got to look forward to if I can right. uh, stay consistent on this thing, you know. Right. And then you look at the Lewis Howes, the Joe Rogans, the you know those people. It's like, well, Joe Rogan's been podcasting for I don't know, fifteen years, twelve years. He's been podcasting yeah. a long, long time. So that's one of the reasons why he's where he is, and he's Joe Rogan. Well, yeah. That, that helps. <laughs> He's, uh, yeah, I, I enjoy listening to him, but, uh, all right. Um, Kevin, we're going to have to get this interview wrapped up. My friend, I'm running tight on time. Unfortunately, no worries, my friend. um, man, it's been an absolute pleasure. I've just got two more questions for you. Um, yeah. what is one piece of advice that now looking back, 
and talking to Kevin five years ago when he's about to start his podcast, what's one piece of advice you'd want to give to younger Kevin to make his life just a little bit easier? Uh, don't, don't feel like you have to be anybody different than you are. People are going to love you for you, not who you're trying to be. That's what I would say. Oh, that's perfect. That's so good. So many people get caught up in trying to be who they think people want to see. Yeah. Dude, that's sure. a, I, I'm going to take that quote and put it on a T-shirt. You just gave some perfect <laughs> advice. All right, my friend. Uh, one more question. For everybody that was listening and would like to check out your podcast and follow along with what you're doing, where can my audience connect with you? Sure. Thank you for that. Uh, you can just search Next Level University. We're on all the podcast platforms. All of our episodes are on YouTube as well. And then if you want to chat with me, the best place is Instagram. My handle is at neverquitkid. I will send you a video if you send me a follow. Oh, sweet. All right. Well, send Kevin a uh, follow-up message and get a video from him. And uh, Kevin, thank you so much for joining me on the show. Stick around for just a second. I've got a couple of things to talk to you about. Uh, guys, thank you guys for listening. That has been Kevin Palmieri. He is the uh, host of the Next Level University podcast. Uh, we'll put his links in the show notes. Please run and check out his stuff and uh, show him some love over there. All right. That's going to be it from me for today. I'll be back this week on Friday with your regularly scheduled Friday Fire. You'll be good and stay safe. This has been the Small Business Surgeon Podcast. If you've made it this far, you clearly like it. So go on iTunes and leave us a five-star review. This helps people find the show and spread the good word. Share with friends and follow us at Small Business Surgeon on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you for your follow-up next week. The Small Business Surgeon was recorded at Texas Media Foundry in historic downtown Bryan, Texas. Check them out at txfoundry.com or on social media at txfoundry. Thanks for tuning in.